Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek! Welcome friends, fans, family, and other things that begin with F to a very special 20th episode of So I Married a Movie Geek. I am Chrissy McQueen, we have Justin Winters too. And the reason that this is so special, friends, we saw Poltergeist. Me for the first time, Justin for um, however many times he's seen it. A few, I imagine, yeah? Yep. And this is important because our very first episode on this little podcast was uh, Ghostbusters. So there we go. Going with the whole ghosty McGhost ghost theme. And think that we started out thinking, hey, gee, let's put together a podcast where Chrissy gets to see things that she's never seen before because I've lived under a rock for the past 27 years. And here we are 20 movies later. We made it! Yay! Ding, 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 ding. Still seeing movies that I haven't seen in 27 years. Oh, a lot of which are from the 80s. But that's cool. Poltergeist, 1982. Um, I've heard a lot about this movie over the years. But to be honest, even though I've heard a lot about it, it was really more about the, the cast. And you hear about like that little girl and what happened to her in real life, which was very tragic. She died. We'll talk about that. Yeah. But I, I didn't really know anything about the movie other than that it had to be about a poltergeist. So I went in kind of cold. You knew it was about ghosts. Well, hence poltergeist. And this was before Ghostbusters. So. Oh, I guess it was. Yeah. So it was the original ghost movie. Oh, no. There was many ghost movies before this, but um, it's definitely one of the main ones that come to mind when you think of Haunted House movies. What else comes to mind for you? Uh, Haunted House movies? Yeah, because I start thinking of a like Disney the, Halloween. I think of like The Haunting <laughs> and stuff like that. I've never seen that. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Me listing all the movies is really not going <laughs> to... Well, I was, trying to th- I was hoping that maybe you would touch on something I knew like Disney Halloween or like Night on Bald Mountain or something. Night on Bald Mountain? Isn't that what that is? Where it's scary music and it's all black and it's a mountain and it's cartoon. Okay. I was thinking of like just real movies. I wasn't thinking cartoons, but... Whatever. Obviously, there have been many, many haunted house movies in the past, but um, this was important because it was one of the ones that just, you know, when I first watched it, it probably changed my whole life. How did it change your life? Because it scared the crap out of me, dude. (laughs) This movie is scary. Really? I don't feel... Well... Imagine seeing it as a kid. I mean, I don't know how old I was, but there's a lot of things in this movie. Number one, it's PG. The movie's PG. It shouldn't be PG. It's one of those movies that they rumored spurned the, you know, them creating PG-13. This Temple of Doom, um, Gremlins, all three movies that were PG and very uh, gory. There's lots of um, scary situations. In I wouldn't this movie. say that they were gory. I would say there was a lot of like simulated, um, not violence, but for simulated P- gore for a PG movie. We're, again, we're talking about a PG movie. That's true. So, um, PG movie now is like Crossroads. <laughs> nice. Okay, so <laughs> for you know, I guess for how would you sum it up for people who have. Somehow never seen Poltergeist. All right, I'll do this in 30 seconds or less, because I'm that good now. Poltergeist. Not the whole movie. Don't sum up the whole movie, just what it's about. 
Poltergeist is a movie about a family who uh, lives in a subdivision in some California town. And what happens is strange things start happening within their home. And they have to kind of figure out why it's happening and why their daughter has been abducted by whatever strange spirit has inhabited the house. Ta-da! Doesn't that sound scary to you? You know, I wasn't scared, to be honest with you. I really, towards the end, that's when it started to get a little hairy. But this movie, I don't know. It's just like, it was funny. And there were moments where it felt like it would, I feel like it would have been a good theater production. It would have been a good theatrical piece. Really? Yes. And Why? I thought of that several times. Why? Because sometimes it borderlines on, on farcical. And I thought, this might be a really fun piece of theater. Like, if you really played up the farcical side of it. Mm-hmm. Especially as, you know, uh, we go further on and get further involved in trying to find this girl who you can hear the voice through the TV. I mean, can you imagine that going through theater? That'd be great. She's backstage and mic'd and you hear her going, Mommy! Mommy! And, like, things are flying. Yeah, I don't. I really don't see this as a a, a play or anything. You don't see it as a musical. No. Oh. No, but I mean, say we got a Paranormal Activity. It came out last year. It was yeah. a huge hit. Nothing happened in it except for you know some moving of covers and moving some doors. It was a huge hit. You know, they uh, they need to sit. You go back and watch Poltergeist. I'm not saying it's you know frightening and it's going to scare you out of seat, but if you watch it in the dark. You turn the sound up really high. You know, there's a lot of things in this movie that are kind of scary. I mean, let's let's just think. Let's run them down. We had a scary clown. Aren't don't you think clowns are kind of scary? I do think clowns are kind of more creepy than scary. But yes, there's a creepy factor there. Okay, so if you were a kid and you were you know trying to go to sleep, but there was a scary clown sitting watching you sleep, that'd be kind of scary. Oh hell to this! I was scared of my bunny that slept in my bed. I thought she was evil. I mean. Why did the boy in the movie just move the clown? Why did he have a scary clown at all? I can answer that question for you. Why? Because using the analogy of my scary bunny, whose name was Christine, by the way. Ha, <laughs> real big shot from Kristen. Uh, I was scared that if I pissed her off, that she would make bad things happen. So I placated my stuffed bunny sitting on my bed, even though I didn't want her facing me while I slept. And even though she scared me because I was afraid, like, if I, like, ripped her apart or threw her away, that, like, she would cause an earthquake to happen. It was it was OCD. It was total classic OCD. But that's what I really thought. Okay. Well, I was logical as a kid. And I was watching this and saying, okay, you have a gigantic scary clown sitting in your room. Just get rid of it. But if the clown's mad at him for getting rid of it and then... Dude, he had other things revenge. to worry about. I would, As a kid, I would just, okay, I'm going to throw it in the trash. It goes to the trash. It goes away. Goodbye, scary clown. You're not thinking far enough ahead. Why, you think the clown's going to come back from the, the dump and, like... Well, it did. <laughs> no, it... no, he never got rid of it. The only thing he did was in the movie, um, the little kid... There's three the kids boy, in the movie. Yeah. The boy's trying to go to sleep, and there's this clown <laughs> sitting there, like a life-size clown in a chair, just looking at him. He never, <laughs> he never plays with it throughout the movie. You're like, why is it there? Just move it. Just wants to look creepy. So he just like throws like a cover or like a oh he threw the he threw a the jacket Star, on the it. Star Wars jacket with um, Chewbacca on it and Chrissy's like why has he got that big gorilla jacket on it <laughs> I thought it was a big monkey I was like look at the big monkey that's a whole lot creepier than the actual clown it's just like Chrissy that's not a monkey that's Chewbacca <laughs> sorry totally obvious it's Chewbacca too so I sorry. Was... Oh, man. I missed that part. So, yeah, that's scary. Clown scary. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the tree. Oh, the tree outside was a little creepy because it looked like it was looking in at the kids sleeping in their upstairs room the whole time. And the, Oh, the never-ending storm. The never-ending storm. 
But yeah, if you have a scary tree like that, cut it down. And because there was this constant storm, not during the day, mind you, only at night, and every single night they went to bed, there was a storm outside with thunder and lightning. The tree would, like, you know, kind of rattle towards the windows and sway and look scary and freak the kid out. He wanted to chop down the tree, and the parents used this lame excuse of, oh, son, the tree protects us. You know, since I helped build this whole tracked neighborhood, I made sure that our house was built right next to this creepy-looking tree because it protects us. Like, that was his whole explanation. And if you're scared in your room and you're looking at the tree, keep the blinds open. Don't shut the curtains. Just stare at the tree. Whatever you do, don't visit your mom and I in our master bedroom because your mom likes to smoke pot before bed. (laughs) That's it, man. They were smoking pot at the beginning of this movie. (laughs) And then as the movie came on, I'm like, dude, you probably need to smoke some more pot. This is getting intense. (laughs) (laughs) I will say. Or you're like. Okay, is this all just like a dream? Were they smoking pot at the beginning and then, you know, they lost their child into the TV? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened. Couldn't you see like a really stoner be like, dude, my daughter's in the television set. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine them like police and firefighters come over they're to like, help? They're like fondling the TV. She's in there, we swear. They're not even doing that. They're just staring like hippies. And then the, the firefighters come and they're like, Sir, you need to tell us where you last saw your daughter. She's in the TV. Yeah, there was a couple times during this movie where their parental skills were definitely... Put, called into question. Lacking. Um, yeah. Well, there could be a lack of parenting because the mom in the story had her first child when she was all of 15 years old. They kind of glossed over that, but I did the math when he called the cops to give the description and he said, my wife is 31, our oldest daughter is 16. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. (laughs) She had her when she was 15? So maybe that has something to do with, you know, the lack of parenting skill. Whoa. You're you're painting with a big brush there. I don't know if I'd want to say that about everyone that has kids young. But that's exceedingly young. That's that means you got pregnant when you were 14. Well, you know what? No matter how old you were when you had your kids, ghosts don't care. <laughs> They'll come and steal your kids no matter what. And what happens is they end up stealing the little girl. And let's say if that happened to you, Chris, would you call the police? What You mean if that happened to me as a little girl or if I were a parent? A parent. Because um, they didn't call the police. Right. I can see why they didn't call the police, though, because the police aren't going to believe them. They're going to think that they did something to their daughter. Okay, so don't call the police if your daughter disappears into thin air. Well, if you're sure, sure that it happened through supernatural forces, then what's the point? (laughs) How can you be sure, though? Well, you can't be sure. It's a movie. Okay. Would you have called the police? I don't know, man. I would have called the Ghostbusters, but they didn't exist then. Nope. Man. But yeah, I mean, the tree almost eats the kid. That's kind of scary. Oh, that happens later, where the tree almost eats the kid, yes. But I don't know if it was necessarily, I mean, the tree was a catalyst for bad things happening. But even if the tree weren't there, I mean, we had the closet to worry about. We had the clown. We had the staircase. Like We had various other things that would have gotten them anyway. When we're talking about the catalyst, the main reason all this happened... In terms of the first movie, again, there was two other movies, was that they built their house on a graveyard. In good old Simi Valley. Note to self, do not build your house on a graveyard in Simi Valley or elsewhere. No. Bad idea. 
I would never do that. Because apparently the developer decided to just move the headstones to some nearby cemetery, and he didn't actually remove the bodies. He left them there. Good job. Wow. <laughs> See, once, I, once, once you find out about that, you just walk away. Talk about walking away from your mortgage if it's underwater. If <laughs> your house is haunted by the dead souls or whatever of the graveyard that you live upon, just walk away. By the way, it's kind of appropriate if you think about it because that canary died early on and they went and they gave the canary a proper burial in the backyard and then they decided to build something on top of it, like a swimming pool. And it was such a, um, a foil to what was happening with the main people and the story. And I was like... Afterward, I went, oh, now it makes sense with the baby bird and burying it and then building something on top of it. And yeah, what was the rush to build the, to build the swimming pool anyway? It's like the movie started. There was some like weird stuff going on. And instead of saying, man, let's figure out what this weird stuff is, they're kind of like, hey, let's build our swimming pool right now. This is a great time. It's been raining and, stunt and thunderstorm in California, which never happens. Let's just try to get this pushed through. I just don't understand why it rained and thunderstormed every night. And we touched about on that earlier, but it is California. That doesn't happen in California. Well, that's when they knew something wrong was afoot. I mean, that doesn't happen. No, they didn't. In fact, the dad was like, just count the time between the thunder and the lightning and then everything will be okay. <laughs> Little kid's like, Dad, you're so high. Just go back to sleep. Whatever. Yes, yes. I'm just going to sit here and look at my clown and the tree. Let's talk about the little girl for a second. What about her? Um, When she first appeared on screen, she reminded me a little bit of your sister, who has incredibly bright blue eyes and very blonde hair. And I was like, oh my god, it's totally Kristen. Except Kristen is cuter. But then I felt badly because I found out that she died as a child in real life. Well, here's the thing about poltergeists. I don't know if, if everyone knows about this, but there's a poltergeist curse, which everyone thinks um, hangs above the three movies that they made. Whoa, 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 what? A curse. What? What? I wasn't going to tell you about this before because we're doing a poltergeist podcast. What if there's a curse on us now? <laughs> no, you can't do a po- poltergeist <laughs> podcast, double P, by the way, and not talk about the purported curse. Well, here's what happened between... Um, the time that it took to make this first film and the third film, several people died mysteriously. Really? Yes. Number one of which is the main girl. Uh, I guess her name's Heather O'Rourke is the actress or was the actress. She died um, right at the end of filming the third Poltergeist. How old was she about? Oh, I guess she was about, I don't know. She was really young. 12 maybe? I don't know. Um, they thought that she had Crohn's disease but it turned out that she had an obstruction in her digestive tract. And Kaiser misdiagnosed her. And she died of, like, sepsis due to that. Wow. So that's really scary. Um, wow. The The older daughter in the first one, the one that you said had the, or I said had the Burt-like eyebrows. Yes. She needed some tweezing. <laughs> that's, uh, that was Domin- Dominique Dunn. Domin- yeah, Dominique Dunn's daughter. She died mysteriously well not mysteriously her boyfriend at the time strangled her to death wait dominique dunn is dead the daughter of the the writer yes there's dominic ck and he had a daughter dominique yeah q-u-e yeah she's the one that's that's in poltergeist one right she died um as well she's dead yes wow 
and then there was a there was a few other people um like connected like people that worked on the movie that died of mysterious circumstances as well you know it's funny when i saw her name in the credits i was like oh dominique dunn i know that name because you know, it's a famous name and yet i didn't string the two together that she was dead and that there was a big controversy and something had happened and so yeah there's this curse around these movies and a lot of it goes back to the urban legend. I don't think the only thing it's an urban legend. I think it's true. A lot of people that have uh, worked that worked on the movie said that you know the scene where they fall into the pool, and since they built the house on a graveyard, uh, all these bodies start coming out of the the okay. ground and into the water. This gr- grungy pool that um, the mom in the movie is like. She's like she has to like go down there and try to um crawl her way back out. Okay, so here's the thing. Those those skeletons in the pool were real skeletons. Oh my god, really? Yes. So Ew. So, so a lot of people think that the curse has something to do with the fact that they um were pissed about being reportedly used these real skeletons because it was cheaper to use real skeletons. To, than to make fake skeletons. Are you kidding me? No, you can look this up. Google that stuff, guys. Wow. So they would talk about this, and I'm like, whoa, that's pretty scary. And the, the actress, Jo Beth Williams, that was the mom, she said, I wasn't as scared about that as I was about the lights falling in the pool and, like, uh, electrocuting me. And yeah. reportedly, again, when she voiced this concern, Steven Spielberg said, well, here, I'll stand here in the pool, so... If the lights fall in, it'll kill both of us. So, yeah, so there's a curse on this movie. Do you think it's real now? That, I mean, you, you've mentioned now, like, this is what happened. Some people died. There were skeletons in the pool. By the way, I still can't believe that there were real skeletons in that pool. I'm doing a show right now, you guys, theater show, y'all. And let me tell you. There are some people, because it's a murder mystery thing, that die, and we use either dummies or real actors. We don't, you know, bring dead bodies in because it'd be more cost-effective and easier on us. Like, it's just... Yeah, imagine if you were, like, a kid or, like, whatever, and you're watching this movie back in the 80s for the first time, and you're watching, and you're like, hey, that looks like my uncle in the pool. (laughs) And it could have been, because they use real skeletons. That is so scary. That is beyond. But do you think that that the curse is legitimate? Well, Opinion. I don't. I don't know about its legitimacy. I, I I would kind of be scared if I worked on the movie. You know, it's kind of like Final Destination. You know, right? Well, I never saw the sequels to this. Does it revolve around the same family and wherever it was that they moved? Um. Yeah. The second movie, it kind of messes with what they talk about in the first movie. Where not only did they live on a graveyard, but underneath that graveyard was like this, um, like a cave where this guy ran this cult. And it's really weird. It, it, it didn't make a lot of sense if you watched the first movie. And then the third movie, they kind of wisened up. And the only mo- and the girl is the only one in the third movie that's from either the first or the second movie. They send her off to live with her aunt and uncle in a high-rise building. And then... The ghosts follow her to the high-rise building. It's really weird. Yeah, the second one and the third one, not very good compared to the first one. <laughs> did this do well at the box office? This did very well, I think. I think it made like $72 million. Wow. Which was a lot of time. A lot of In money at the time. Money, that's a lot. I mean, Steven Spielberg was involved. Uh, um, 
a lot of people think that he was more involved than he let on. Like, um... Why would he not let on that he was very involved? Because there was a director that wasn't him to this movie. Right. And, um, a lot of people that worked on the movie said that he was, like, the de facto director. Like, he was, like... In charge. He would, like, the director light everything, get everything ready, and he would come in and say, oh, what, blah, 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 blah. You know, some producers are, <laughs> some producers are, like, step back and let the director do everything, mm-hmm. and then some are more hands-on, and apparently the rumor is he was a lot more hands-on um, on this one. Oh, this, good. This was around the time that he was doing E.T. and his stock was up. You know, everyone thought he was the king of the world. It's funny because as wa- as I watched this, I did think to myself that stylistically it was very Steven Spielberg-y. Yeah? Yeah. Well, then that might make sense. I don't know why I did, but I was like, this is so Spielberg. It just is. So, um, what did you think of the other people in the movie? What did you think of uh, Zelda Rubenstein's character, who was the, the the original Ghost Whisperer? That girl was crazy. Is that the first time you've ever seen her in a movie? Yeah, she came on. And Were I was you like, confused? I was confused. Uh, I I was like, okay, a is she a little person or is she just a short, you know, uh, non dwarf adult? Mm-hmm. Um, or and if she is, either way, it doesn't really matter. Is her voice dubbed over? Or is that her real voice? No, I, that's her real voice. And then, then in the screaming fits, I was like, no, I think that's her real voice. They would had her. They would have a hard time ADRing that. Yeah, she had kind of like a munchkin like voice. She absolutely had a munchkin like voice. It was like a child, but put into an old, very short woman's body. She could almost represent the, vo- the lollipop guild if she. Said. She represents the lollipop guild. The lollipop guild. But yeah, she you. she could. She was the original ghost whisperer. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Doesn't have anything on Zelda Rubenstein. Although I guess she, you know, she really didn't clean the house. She like, didn't do a very good job. Yeah, she goes. She comes back in the later movies, so they they put her to work. Don't okay. worry. Because she goes like this: "This house is clean." And then they talk about moving, and I remember turning to you during it. I was like, "Well, wait a minute! If the cl- house is clean, why would you want to leave it? It's like it's like if you have cockroaches and you get your house fumigated." Then you know that your house is officially roach-free. You don't move in next door to where all the roaches scurried to. Who cares? How? Why even go to that point? Once, you know, clowns start trying to pull you under the bed and choke you to death, or the trees start trying to eat you, just move away. Just go. Walk away. The guy is in real estate. The dad worked in real estate. He was a developer, not an agent. But he should be able to find them another house. Like, this was a... It was a lemon, you know? No, a lemon he, on top of a uh, a graveyard. Yes, but there were politics at play here because he helped build the lemon. Like, you can't just walk away from what you built. Yeah, but he but he didn't know that there was all these homes that he was building were on top of a graveyard. Well, of course not. But then, but if you know you're like, crap, I built this place and I'm building a whole bunch of other places around it. It's going to look really bad if I decide I suddenly want to move. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Once trees start eating your kids and all that stuff... Rules go out the window. You're like, whatever, fend for yourself. I'm moving out. Well, he, they didn't do that. And then, but wait, this is, the, this is a moot point. They couldn't move out anyway because the little girl was trapped in the house somewhere. Like, peace out. We're leaving. Well, hope you find your way out of the TV. No, I'm talking about once they find her. That's when you go. Well, they did. They found her. She said the house is clean, and they said, great, we're gonna move. So they packed up the van, and he said, all right, I'm gonna. No, here's what he tonight. did. Here's what he did. He's like, we're gonna move, but. He, like, goes away, and then to work. the mom puts them to sleep, even though they said they, said they were going to leave that night. Right. When you're like, why don't y'all just stay in the same room since it's safer? 
no, we want to put them back in the room where all this stuff went on. She believed Zelda Rubenstein when she said the house was clean. She said that the house was clean, so the mo- Joy Beth Williams believed her. I don't know. I wouldn't have trusted her. You would have known better? You would have known the house was still dirty? Full of dirty, dirty ghosts? You know what scene really scared me when I was a kid? What? Is when the, um, you know, the three-person team, they, they went to the, the college or whatever to get the... CSUN. The, the Ghostbusters. They went to CSUN to or find whatever. the Ghostbusters, yeah. And um, fast forward, and the the guy with the glasses goes in to wash his face off in the bathroom, like the half bath, and he just washes his entire face off. It just starts to fall off. That was <laughs> creepy. Oh, my God. Oh, man. They're showing him, like, looking in the mirror, and he notices, like, a cut, and he starts, like, picking at the cut, and then soon he's picking at his whole face. It was interesting, though, just from the theatrical standpoint, where I was like, ooh, you, you can see now where they're using, like, a rubber mask as opposed to his real face, and, like, you know, they no, had No, that his was hand. his real face. It just fell off. I swear. His real face. Mm-hmm. I still think about that scene from now and, on, now and again when I'm shaving, shaving. Do you really? I'm like, what if I shave off my entire face? What if it just starts falling off? You have some issues. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, you have some issues if you're, like, shaving and looking in the mirror and thinking, what if I suddenly, like, poltergeist my face off? Oh, man. Crazy poltergeist movie, dude. No joke. What was your favorite part about the movie? Um, I kind of like right away when, um, it was the end of the broadcast day. And by the way, I was scared as a kid whenever we had end of broadcast day because we didn't get the snow. We had, like, the color bars and the tone. Either that way, head. either way, save some energy. Turn off the TV. Yes, but it scared me. It was a scary sound to wake up to as a kid. Did you ever have that? Um, no. I just turned off the TV. I'm not like you. You like to go to sleep with the TV on and just leave it on. I don't like to do that because I might wake up in the middle of the night and there's something weird going on on the TV. Like, right. You saw Poltergeist. Joan Rivers selling me something on QVC. I don't want to see that. No. I, I want to try to fall asleep in silence. No, you know what it was? You saw Poltergeist and you, from an early age, you learned, don't fall asleep with the TV on. Like, don't. St- it's a bad idea. Don't do it. Especially if there's snow because snow is scary. Right. I never saw Poltergeist. So my parents, often it was out of my control because it was my parents, you know, would fall asleep with the TV on. And I'd wake up and I would hear that that horrible color color tone bar. You know, you know, you, do you know that tone? I, it's like a certain megahertz. I can't do it, but it scared yes. the crap out of me. And then I'd be like frozen in fear, and I couldn't even turn off the TV, even though I'd be scared. I'd wake up my mom and be like, "Mom, mom, mom, take care of it." So when um, she wakes up and she's just staring at the snow, it was like this creepy silence where like something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. And then when it didn't, she turns in and goes, they're here. Yeah, that's where everyone knows. Everyone knows that that's like the where's the beef. They're here. That's the scary. That was my favorite part. That was it. They're here. They're here. Wow. I was like, now it's going to get good. It's just about to get real, guys. They're here. They're here. What I didn't know, I just didn't understand about the fact that the closet and walking into the closet and then you like cover with ectoplasm and you'd come out of the the ceiling ecto what ectoplasm what's ectoplasm the Did goo you just pick that up? no i just call it, that's what isn't that what the goo 
if they get covered in that looks like strawberry jelly. And I know there, were, there was goo. I didn't know there was a name for the goo. I mean, they didn't go through like a strawberry jelly plant on the way. <laughs> Somewhere Guys, between this world. Limbo! Limbo is strawberry jelly land. So when you're going through on the road, grab as much as possible. And put, I love the strawberry jelly. It tastes so good. I mean, that's what that's what she got lost in, right? It's kind of like a limbo-like place. Yeah, limbo strawberry fields. Because um, the, the, the crazy Ghostbuster lady, the old lady with the scary eyes. Zelda? She was very... Wait, no, not Zelda. She was talking about, like, heaven and hell, and Zelda came in. She's like, you can't think about it that way. There's strawberry jelly in limbo land. And if, you know, you got to write your name, your number on the ball, the tennis ball. Yeah. And then throw a rope through. Uh, and I was like... She just said that she had, this has never happened to her, so she's just like flying. She she's flying by the seat of her pants. I love that when Joy Beth Williams calls her out on that because she's like, I'm going to go in there. And Joy Beth's like, No, she won't come to you. You have to let me go. You don't know what you're doing. You've never done this before. And Joy's like, You haven't either. And then there's like this beat, and she goes, You're right. You go. I guess at that point, the, at that, <laughs> that's my favorite scene. At that point, they're all in there and like they're getting sucked in by the wind. And Joe Beth Williams, I guess, finds out that. Okay, maybe she doesn't know everything that needs to be known, but it's as close as we're going to find, so yeah. I would just walk into Strawberry Limbo Land. I really do and, wish the goo part was explained, because that was never appropriately explained. And try to grab my daughter in Limbo Land. Like, she wasn't following the rules of Inception or anything. Like, no. Just kick her. Just well, kick her out of Limbo Land. But wait, why, was, why wasn't the goo ever explained? Like, why is there goo in Limbo? Like, I don't understand... It's ectoplasmic goo. What? You, you saw Ghostbusters. That's what happens. And then they're in the tub together at the end because they get the little girl out and it's Joy Beth Williams and her little girl in the tub. Nobody, and this pissed me off, that all anybody is doing is standing around the tub going, breathe, baby, breathe, breathe. And they're like just kind of vaguely getting the goo off their face. They're not like giving CPR or like mouth to mouth or anything like that. No, just like, no again, they haven't, they haven't called, you know, an ambulance or anything because... They, the ambulance would come and be like, why didn't you call the police earlier? So yeah. they'd have to explain that. So no, they're just like, you're covered in strawberry jam. Breathe, breathe. But here's the thing. Whether or not you're going to call an ambulance, as you called it, or not, don't you at least try to do some sort of mouth-to-mouth -mouth or some sort of resuscitation as opposed to just begging somebody who's not breathing to breathe? Because, you know, that doesn't work all the time. Well, they just came out of Strawberry Limbo Land. I don't know if they're, like, did, did they drown in Strawberry Limbo Land? Did they get scared to death? doesn't matter. You still try your best to, like, actually put your mouth down there. Do, were they waiting for a barrier method to come? Or were they waiting for a dental dam? I don't understand. A dental dam? Yeah, because, you know what they tell you in, in first day classes that you have to have like a dental dam before you can give CPR yeah or like mouth to mouth resuscitation it's not really dental dam but I've never heard like that, that but I would hope that if I was you needed CPR I, that no one would stop and be like guys we need a dental dam before we save this man's life Someone, someone needs to give me a dental dam. No, I'm serious. That's like that's what they tell you, and that um, you, you can get sued, and insurance can get involved, and there's like a whole big thing. Like if ambulance, who 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 walks around with dental dams in their pockets? No, this is this is really true. Unless it's I pass out like near a dental dam factory or near a <laughs> dental dam store, how am I get it saved if I start? <laughs> If I need CPR. No, I'm serious. I guess I shouldn't pass out near you if you believe in this dental dam no, business. No, I'm not saying I do. But if a paramedic shows up, like let's say they're off duty. They're an off duty paramedic. And they're like, home de home de home de home. I'm off duty. By. I'm off duty. <laughs> I don't have my dental dams with me. No, so, listen. 
And, and the off-duty paramedic, who's like, humby humby hum, walks by, and he sees you accidentally fall off a bridge. And you're okay, but you're not breathing. He theoretically should not. Wait, do I fall off into water or onto, like, the pavement? Into shallow water. Shallow water? Yeah. So, so I, like, break something? No, like, you don't break anything, but you're knocked out, so you're not breathing, because you were kind of in the shallow water. What so, is it? he can come out, and he can he, take he you out. He should throw me a life raft no, first, and then the dental dam. No, you hit your head. And then he, and then so, he takes you out of the water. I'm a, I'm a lost say, cause. I don't believe <laughs> No, you're not breathing. But get this. Because he doesn't have, like, the dental dam, in theory, he should not give you any sort of mouth-to-mouth because it's like, oh, there's a name for it. It's like environmentals or protections or something like that. But there's, like, an actual term they use for, like, a precautions for, for giving CPR and stuff like that, like bodily fluid exchange and stuff like that. This is stupid. I hate this rule. This can't be a real rule. It really is. I took first aid in high school. Well, I've seen people give CPR... A couple times, and they didn't say, hey, where's the dental dam first? They said, hey, this person's dying. I should probably be alert and try to do this as fast as well, possible. it's not really a dental dam. It's like an apparatus that you put on your mouth to protect your mouth from whatever diseases they have. But I'm calling it a dental dam because it serves the same function. <sighs> that sounds sad. So, so maybe so that's what, the whole point about poltergeist is that maybe that's what happened. They looked and they were like, Man, she's covered in some strawberry jelly, and I don't have a dental dam. I'm just going to beg her to wake up. That's like the pull-out method. It only works 85% of the time. <laughs> this is going off the rails. <laughs> First you start talking about dental dams. Now you start talking about the pull-out method. Well, how, does, how any of this connects with poltergeists? <laughs> In the tub scene. Yeah. This is the dad, again, looking at the kid, the kid and the mom. That the dad's supposed to be like, okay, kids. Or, okay, two kids that aren't possibly dead. Where's the dental dams? I need two dental dams. One for your mom and one for your sister. Just in case they got some kind of ghost, Jelly ghost STD in <laughs> Strawberry Jam Limbo Land. No, but that's the point I'm trying to make. Like, he didn't even make any effort to, like... Find a dental dam or do CPR even without the dental dam. <laughs> he was in shock. He wasn't thinking about the dental no, dam at all. No, but that's the whole point. He just sat there and was like, breathe, baby, breathe. Like, that was enough to bring them back. And I was and I was alluding to that being about as effective as the pull-out method. <sighs> okay, enough about dental dams and pull-out methods. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they woke up. Yay! Does this make you want to see the other two to see what the more adventures and hijinks they get into? I do kind of, actually. Uh-oh, we might have to watch that. All right. Hi-oh, oh, they're not as good. No. So, on the big old grading scale, what would you give Poltergeist? Seven and a half. <laughs> grading scale? We were doing, like, grade, like, letter grade. Oh, not, like, one to ten? No. Uh, letter grade? Seven and a half. That's, like, a... C plus. C plus? Yeah. Okay. Would you recommend it? Um, for, like, a campy... Little, no, I can't call it a thriller. What, 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 what? It's not a horror movie either. What genre can we put this in? It can't be spook fest. A dental dam movie. That's <laughs> the dental dam movie. <laughs> this house is clean <laughs> of dental dams. I clean? I clean now? Dental dams. About. As useful as the pull-out method. <laughs> Family's like, what are you talking about? We're talking about ghosts. We're talking about diddle dams. Well, 
and pull out method. Again, I'm not, I'm not having sex with these ghosts. I want them to leave my house. Again, it's Simi Valley. Things are a little backwards over there. Wow. And I say that with love. I love you, Simi Valley. So the lesson of this movie is if you're going to build your house and build all your dreams around this house with your family, don't build it on a graveyard. Bad idea. I'm telling you. Ever. Yeah. You know what's funny is that my dad worked in construction my whole life, and he used to get mad about things like that. He's like, we can't build over here in Porter Ranch because there's some sort of tribal burial crap. And I'm like, Well, now you can say, no. Dad, watch Poltergeist, and then you'll understand. Right? He's watch, like, And then watch Pet Cemetery and know that you shouldn't build your house near a pet cemetery either. I haven't seen Pet Cemetery. Oh, that's when the pets start coming back from right. the... Zombie pets. Well, maybe that'll be a sequel to this podcast. Oh, we'll, we'll see. We'll watch that. All right, cool. Cool. Well, there you go. Thanks was... for tuning in, guys, for our special 20th episode. Woo! Thanks for listening, guys. You can um, catch us on the web at Justin Winters at Twitter or Chris Winters at Twitter. Chris with a K. Or DudeManFat.com. T-H-A-T. And we'll see you next week. Yep, yep. Use your dental lamb. Hasta la vista. Bye.